micro. Let's delve right in. Patent. Really, actually, I'm doing this because I can't sleep, but it's about, uh, quarter to two Eastern Standard Time, and, oh, come on, cooperate, computer, um, Of course, it's not going to cooperate. We'll just wait and see what happens. Um, saw an article on my MSN feed that lawmakers have been says lawmakers made hundreds of stock deals during pandemic, but of course, I click on the link and nothing happens. Oh, something just happened. There we go. When somebody clicks a link, you, you pop up an extra window. So I know I realized uh, a minute ago when I was trying to think of something to uh, YouTube and, and uh, podcast about. Haven't really talked about Joe Biden since. Uh, since Bernie Sanders dropped out, I think. I don't know if he dropped out or if he... He said he was suspending his campaign, which usually means you quit. But um, not necessarily in this case. Let's see. Dan Danny Trejo is trending on Twitter. Let's see why. Well, while I'm waiting for that, Politico is reporting lawmakers made hundreds of, um, of course the internet goes out right when I'm uh, getting into something. Oh well, we can get it back up. So let's open up Twitter. Um... Trump is ending the stay-at-home rules uh, starting tomorrow. Well, to, yeah, tomorrow, May 1st. That has sparked some fears that the virus may return. Again, this is from Politico. End of Trump's social distancing rules spurs fear. A virus rebound. Well, this isn't true. The Trump administration's stay-home guidelines will quietly expire Thursday with little fanfare, letting the states decide what is next. Well, that's how it should be, and that's how it should have been from the beginning. But as President Trump repeatedly declares we're opening our country again, the, in the inconsistent patchwork of states Local and business decision-making is exactly what could drive a second wave of our potentially or potentially prolong the current outbreak. Okay. So I guess we're back to talking coronavirus. Um, 
one thing. When this new data came out that is showing the infection rate is a lot higher than what we initially thought, or the, I guess you could say infection numbers. You see, it's possible at, at the minimum, about 200,000 people were infected that were never counted. According to USC, uh, Santa Clara County, I think Santa Clara, the Santa Clara study was done by Stanford, both pretty reputable, pretty smart kid colleges. Um, and these weren't kids doing, I mean, these were doctors, but it was research, you know, funded by the Fed and so on. Um, when those numbers came out that showed that people had antibodies, but never showed signs of illness and, or never got sick to the point they had to go to the doctor. And many, many peeps had said, you know, I had this terrible infection in November. The doctors could not identify it. Uh, antibiotics did not work and blah, blah, woof, woof. Then we're into a whole new ball game. Um, now, something that's changing is, or at least in my neck of the hood, um, two more people in my county died, and they were prominent members of a small town community. They had the newspaper actually published. Their ages, let me say that again. The newspaper actually published their ages. One was, oh, was 90 years old, 90, 90, and the other was 76 years old. And it's, the report said they also had underlying health conditions. Now, this is 95% of the people that have died from this virus. They're older, usually over 80 years old. So you take the 76 and the 90, divide it by two, that's over 80 years old. Uh, and of course, there are also underlying health conditions. We've had people that are over 100 years old uh, and in relatively good health for a 100-year-old survive. So... You see, I remember when this started, and, and we were debating it on Facebook where, you know, all the great Lincoln-Douglas debates take place now. Uh, there was this snark, snotty, snarky reporter, used to be a friend of mine, um, and he was harassing a girl that was saying, oh, you're more likely to die in a car accident. I'm a nurse. I know what I'm talking about. Uh... And he was like, well, then why, are we why don't we close the schools and this and that every flu season? And my reply was, why don't we? And that's what, you know, the experts on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, 
all the you know talking head uh, news networks were saying at the outset of this, it's not it's not as deadly as the flu. It's not as deadly as pneumonia. Um, if you take these new facts and figures in, the death rate could be as low as 0.002%. Here in Ohio, the death rate is like, yeah, it was like 0.0002, you know, and we shut the state down for that. Now, sure, closing things down and closing people away from one another certainly slows the spread of any illness. But, you know, this Politico and Microsoft News, you know, Microsoft is Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a population controller and a vaxxer, which, there's no doubt I will be getting a flu vaccination this year, uh, ASAP, but, and I'll probably get the COVID-19 vaccine when it comes out. Uh, the other day, Dr. Fauci said that they're very close to having, um, a treatment now, this goes along with the story I heard the other day that researchers in Pittsburgh are close to getting uh, a treatment, which a treatment in the way they're using it now means medication. Um, The reason Danny Trejo is trending on Twitter, I started to talk about this a little bit ago. Uh, okay, this is more fun with pals. Who wants to, or who wants my do do code? Hashtag Animal Crossing. I don't know what a do do code is. Okay, laughing my effing A off. Remember when they actually put Danny Trejo in GTA Vice City? Uh, so I guess Danny Trejo is just trending on Twitter for the sake of being Danny Trejo. He's a pretty cool guy. I like his movies and his uh, acting ability. I liked him on Sons of Anarchy. Um, a lot of good B, B movies. Um, what else is going on on Twitter? <laughs> Somebody posted a gif of Andre the Giant. Ivanka Trump says, USA strong. Katrina Pearson, President Donald Trump is committed to the safety, 
to safely reopening America. And thanks to the work of Jared Kushner and his entire admin, states have the support they need. Yeah, and that's all that the federal government is there for, is to support the states. Um, they're not supposed to be a, a, a almighty, all-powerful government, you know, that does everything. Um, and he laid down the guidelines for the states to follow, and now he's backing off and letting them be to their own devices um be to their it's up to them to implement the guidelines and you know follow what guidelines are best for their states i mean oh, it's just so frustrating people are so uh you know so um so willing and wanting to depend upon the Fed for everything. Uh, Fauci the other day mentioned that Galeed Labs was real good, real close on having a treatment or something of that nature. I keep wanting to call it a cure. Uh, you might as well call it medication, whatever. Fauci says, this is the headline from Reuters. Fauci says, leak concerns fueled his White House revelation of Galeed drug results. Dr. Fauci's been pretty cool through all this. Uh, Chicago Reuters concerns over leaks compelled the top U.S. infectious disease control official to reveal data on Galeed Sciences, Inc., dr experimental drug Rems Des Iver. It's spelled R E M D S or shoot, let me start over. The drug is spelled R E M D E S I V like Victor I R. The first in a scientifically rigorous clinical trial to show benefit in treating COVID 19. The dramatic announcement by Dr. Fauci in the Oval Office on Wednesday prompted concerns among scientists that Trump, the Trump administration was raising hopes about a coronavirus treatment before sharing the full data with researchers. A cautionary example of inflating potential value of a therapy, some pointed to Trump's repeated endorsement of the malaria drug hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. A lot of people hailed hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. Uh, there was a doctor in France that did the initial study and ca it came back with fantastic results. It was allegedly showing good results in the state of New York, uh, when it was mixed with azithromycin and zinc. Now they're saying that, well, let's see here, because it does go right on here. Newer data suggests the malaria treatments 
may carry significant risk for some sufferers of the respiratory disease caused by the virus. Director Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is running the trial, said he took the first opportunity to get the word out that patients taking a dummy treatment or placebo should be switched to remdesivir in hopes of benefiting from it. He expressed concerns that leaks... Okay, so that art, that didn't go where I thought it would. It didn't really condemn hydroxychloroquine there. Uh, it said that people on the placebo should be... You know, there's a study going on where some people are getting hydroxychloroquine and some are getting a placebo. He said the people on the placebo should be switched over to Remsdivir, to Remsdesivir, Rems, we're just going to call it Remd, okay, R-E-M-D, Remd, I'll give it a nickname. Um, uh, let's see here, he expressed concerns that leaks for, of partial information would lead to confusion since the White House was not planning a daily virus briefing, Fauci said he was invited to release the news at a news conference with Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, Democrat. It, is, it was purely driven by ethical concerns, Fauci told Reuters on, in a phone interview. I would love to wait to present, the sci present at a scientific meeting, but it's not in the cards. When you have a situation where ethical concern, where there were situation where the ethical concern about getting a drug to people on placebo dominates the conversation. So somebody leaked some information, something that Fauci said, and then uh, it went from there. Hopes rise for experimental drug therapy. Let's see what this one says. U.S. passes 60,000 dead. Of course, we always have to get the gloom and doom in there. The Washington Post. Hey, guess what? That's like, what? That's over um, 2 million less than you said we're going to die a few months ago. Okay. U.S. deaths from COVID-19 passed 60,000 Wednesday. A, a figure Trump once projected would be the upper limits got to get that Trump bashing in there, guys. You got to get it. Got to get it. Got to get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Swing better. Uh, don't know what I just did right there. Hopes rose for a drug treatment that the top U.S. infectious disease expert said has shown a clear benefit in an early trial. Now we have a picture of Dr. Fauci with uh, Trumpy baby. And the Gov of Louisiana. Trump welcomed the promising early signs that experimental antiviral drug Remdesivir can be effective in speeding the recovery time for COVID-19 patients. The data shows that Remdesivir has a clear-cut significant
significant positive effect in diminishing the recovery time, Anthony S. Fauci said alongside Trump at the White House on Wednesday. That is really quite important. <coughs> um, so, the department that Fauci heads is overseeing a study of more than 1,000 patients in the United States and around the world. The study showed that patients treated with remdesivir were ready to be discharged from the hospital within 11 days on average compared to 15 for patients who received a placebo. While not a, knock, while not a knockout, Fauci said, that shows an important promising avenue for further study. What it has proven is that a drug can block this virus. So that's, you know, that's good news. And this is what people need right now. Um, you know, they're opening up the economy. And now the concern is... Um, The um, the worry is, are people going to go out to the stores? Uh, well, they have been. I mean, they, you go by any Walmart or any uh, um, grocery store and they're packed. People are now hoarding meat because uh, a couple of meat packing plants have been shut down. And there are rumors that there could be a meat shortage. Um And so on and so forth. So, uh, but this, this is where we are right now in America with uh, this disease outbreak. There are positivity things out there. And so I'm going to end this segment of the, sh of the show. And we're going to talk some about Monsieur Biden, Joseph Biden. V. Trump. Jump back in here. Get into the podcast. And then, let's see. You're going to hear a lot about polling uh, from now until the election. <clears throat> President Trump with grim internal polling showing him losing to Biden. Uh, this is from the Washington Post, so you got to take it with a couple grains of salt. Trump's advisors presented him with results of internal polling. Well, they usually don't release internal polling to the Washington Post, but I guess it's possible this could have leaked. Um, showed that <laughs> internal polling last week showed him falling behind former Vice President Biden in key swing states in the presidential race, part of an effort by aides to curtail Trump's freewheeling daily briefings on the corona pandemic, according to people with knowledge of the conversation. So these are these, uh, this article is based on these uh, unknown, unrevealed fat, uh, inside sources. Uh, the president spoke with campaign manager Brad Parscale, White House senior advisor, 
and son-in-law Jared Kushner and RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, among other officials, in calls and meetings last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, according to the three people who spoke on the condition of anonymity. So these are fake sources from the Washington Post, probably. On one, one call on Wednesday, Parscale patched with... Uh, Parscale patched with... Patched in from his home in Florida and McDaniel from hers in Michigan was designed to present grim polling data to encourage the president to reduce the frequency of coronavirus briefings or to stop taking questions after seeing numbers slip for several weeks. Doesn't say what the numbers are. You know, I saw a funny uh, in this article. Uh, I got to do the link in the description thing so you guys can see it for yourselves. Hang on. Um, I'll try to link these articles in the description on YouTube. And we'll see how that goes. Um, there's a, a picture like halfway down the page of this uh, tele-endorsement or something. Biden's been trying to do like online, um, not really press conferences, but like his own briefings, kind of. And uh, so he did one where Hillary was just talking him up. And you, you've got to find the video if you can. Partway through Hillary talking about how great he is going to be. Talking about how great Biden will be as president. Biden closes his eyes and goes to sleep. And I mean, he's like, he's almost, you know, sawing logs. Um, I'm not going to read this any further because if it's based off of anonymity, um, you know, three people who wanted to remain anonymous, that means it's fake, fake. So... Uh, but let's see what, there's another article up here about sources. Okay, sources. Doesn't say the name of the sources, but sources colon Trump angry at own camp over polls. This is a New York Times article, so that's unfair and unbalanced news, but we'll see. Polls had Trump stewing and lashing out at his own campaign. I doubt that. Frustrated by a faltering economy that is out of his control, and eh, not really, and facing blowback for his suggestion that disinfectants could possibly combat the coronavirus. He never said that. Trump had sunk <clears throat> to one of his lowest points in recent months, and he had directed his anger toward one area that is most important to him, his re-election prospects. Well, I'm going to tell you something.
Trump's re-election prospects are important to this whole country. They got pictures of Trump sitting at a desk with his arms folded. A candid photo to make him look like he's pouting, but it's clearly not related to the article. Because this, again, is based on sources they won't uh, reveal. Uh, presumptive Democrat nominee, or Republican National Committee, showed him trailing Joseph R. Biden Jr. <laughs> in presumptive, the presumptive Democratic nominee in several crucial states. I don't believe that. Um, as the election gets closer... This is something you need to watch for. Um, I would say in the last week, you need to look at the state polls, not before that. In the last week before the election, you've got to take a look at the state <clears throat> polling numbers. Um, this is where a friend and I were able to start calling the election for Trump um, before the networks on election night last year, we did a eight hour podcast. Whoop. We were doing an eight hour podcast. Sorry for the people who just heard dead air for a few seconds on this podcast, but I was typing. Um, and we were looking at the state polls in the weeks leading up to the election, uh, the night before the election. And I was just going back and forth, man, I, I think it's going to be Hillary in a blowout. Uh, or it's going to be Trump really close. Trump's going to win the, the Electoral College and not the um, not the um, popular vote. You know, there were just all kind of crazy things going through my head, but my colleague told me to look at the state polling the last week before the election. And he and I were going uh, through these state polls and they were showing Trump either winning or closing in on Biden. Um, and, or pardon me, he was either leading Hillary or closing it, the gap rapidly. So, this is what happened. Um, Trump won the Electoral College in a landslide. Of course, he lost the popular vote because he lost uh, California badly. And he lost New York State badly. And a couple other, you know, Democrat strongholds. But he broke the blue wall in Pennsylvania. He broke the blue wall in Michigan. And, he, of course, he took all of the typically Republican states. 
Now, a an issue that's going to come up in this election is going to be um, vote by mail. In Ohio, we voted by mail in the primary, and our um, election for the primary was um, it, it moved from March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, by coincidence, but it moved over to um, two days ago, April 28th, and this is what is going on. Um, you know, the Democrats want you to vote by mail, and they can stuff the ballot box this way. Um, some some things have shown, you know, dead people voting, uh, people whose voter registration should have been canceled, uh, voted in a Kentucky election, and the woman went to the Kentucky, was it Kentucky or Tennessee? Now I'm confused. Well, it was one of the two. They had a special election, and her and her husband moved to Michigan, and voter records in Kentucky showed not only were they still registered to vote in that state, which they had canceled their voter registration, and she had the proof of it, it also showed that they voted. And she could not get the uh, chief elections officer in that state to talk to her or answer questions. And so, uh, here's something that's... Uh, not getting a, enough coverage in the mainstream media, I guess, but it is getting covered by the New York Times a little teeny bit. Tara Reid, a sexual assault, or, well, okay, Tara Reid assault allegation, colon, Democrats' frustration mounts as Biden remains silent. Well, he's senile and can't remember. Um... Trigger warning. This article contains information and details about sexual assault and or violence which may upset survivors and resources to help survivors. Uh, more than three weeks, progressive activists and women's rights advocates debate on how to handle allegations of sexual assault against Joe Biden, or pardon me, Joseph R. Biden Jr., the conversations weren't easy. Well, they were pretty easy when it was Brett Kavanaugh, nor were the politics. Mr. Biden, the presumptive Democrat nominee, faced one allegation. His opponent, President Trump, <laughs> of course, faced his opponent, President Trump, at least a dozen. Well, I haven't seen or heard the names of these dozen women. All I know is he did have some hoopty doopty fling with Stormy Daniels. 
and now he calls her horse face. And he may have given her hush money. Finally, several women, several of the women's groups prepared a public letter that praised Mr. Biden's work as an outspoken champion for survivors of sexual violence, but also pushed him to address the allegation from Tara Reid, a former aide who worked in Mr. Biden's Senate office in the 90s. Now, we've all seen the videos of Biden being touchy-feely and holding hugs too long while women are pushing him away. Uh, we heard his stupid story about his long blonde leg hairs and how the kids used to run his, their hands down his leg and watch the hairs come back up, which is creepy. We've all seen him you know, try to hug on kids and they, they move away and his sniffing hair for no reason. The guy just doesn't have the self-control. And it's got to do with his early onset dementia, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, this, this isn't good. Vice President Biden has the opportunity right now to model how to take serious allegations seriously. The draft letter said, The weight of our expectations matches the magnitude of the office he seeks. Man, they are just buttering up to this clown. You know, they jumped on old, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Brett Kavanaugh with both feet. And, you know, we're all over him with very flimsy allegations of something that happened at a party many years ago. And... The details of from the alleged victim were sketchy at best. Um, you know, they, they pulled me into a bedroom and they jumped up and down on the bed on top of me. And, you know, I in the broader term that's now used called sexual assault. Um, you know, that is sexual assault, but did it happen? Uh, we don't know. Um, you know, experts and the, um, the lady they brought in to question Blasey Ford, uh, Christina Blasey Ford, uh, said that she would not take this case to trial based on the answers that she got during the Senate hearing. Uh, all the questions and things from the Democrats were nothing but, you know, praising her for her bravery. And, you know, you had people like Alyssa Milano uh, doing, hijacking the Me Too movement. And now Alyssa's gone AWOL on Joe Biden. And if anything, she said, you know, well, we have to give him time to find out if these allegations are true. Well, you know, they're, the women's rights groups, Alyssa Milano, the hashtag Me Too people, were all 
about no believe all women believe all women nothing more nothing less believe all women and you know what um i do believe women when they have credible stories and credible uh evidence and there's a whole flock a bunch of evidence and things that are collected in every rape case but going back to 1980 something uh, and bringing out an allegation in 2019 against somebody uh, that's that's a long shot in the dark you know um, the lies that Christina Blasey Ford were was caught in saying well I'm I have so much anxiety I, I can't even fly I didn't want to fly here to Washington. I want, you know, the Senate said, hey, you know, if you can't come to Washington, we'll come to you, right? And then she said, no, okay, I'll, I'll fly to Washington. And said, you know, well, this was, you know, so important that, you know, now, now I could fly. And it was pointed out during her testimony, um, you flew to Disneyland you fly across country to see your family several times a year. And her response was, well, you know, th there's, there's a different motivation there than there was to fly to Washington for this trial or for this hearing. It's called lying. She was never afraid to fly. She was never that traumatized. Because it never happened. But, you know, with Joe Biden's accuser, at least the they haven't done her like they did Bill Clinton's accusers, where You know, when it was Bubba, Bubba Clinton, the feminist and Hillary would attack the accuser. You know, Hillary would just flat out attack Bill's accusers. And that's, you could say that's what a wife is there for, but she couldn't attack Monica Lewinsky. Poor Monica, you know, she's, one thing out of her life she is, always remembered for and she's really grown into a beautiful woman um you know but uh the poor lady you know that's that's all she's remembered for um but you know hillary couldn't attack her because it was a consensual relationship between two consenting Adults, one much older, one younger, but still, you know, they never attacked Monica Lewinsky um, because it was true. And that was not a, a rape allegation. It was an allegation of perjury because Clinton was asked when he was um, being deposed for sexually assaulting Paula Jones.
back in Arkansas. Paula said that, you know, state troopers pulled her over, asked her to do something, and next thing she knows, she's in a predicament with the governor of Arkansas. And so he settled out of court and gave Paula Jones $800,000. And so, evidently, you know, he didn't want to go to trial against Paula Jones, especially after he was then caught perjuring himself when he was asked, did you, have you ever had sexual relationships with anyone in the White House? And he said, no. And then Linda Tripp came out and said, oh, wait a minute. I've been recording these phone calls with an intern named Monica. And she said that her and Bill are having an affair and that he promised her once he was done being president, he would divorce Hillary and she would be his girlfriend and all these things. And that I guess to this day, Monica still has the dress with Clinton semen on it. She should put that up on eBay. I bet she'd make some bank. You know, she could autograph it and, you know, draw an arrow or something pointing to the the stain. I don't know. Um, but she still has the, the dress with his semen. Uh, anyhow, that's disgusting. Actually, now that I think about it. But, um... Yeah, Biden's getting a free pass. Uh, the tensions are starting to mount. The The bigger concern is Biden's mental state. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago, uh, I saw a video of him while Hillary's on a split screen, and she I think she's buttering him up to be vice president. Uh, and neither of them are the healthiest people in the world. I mean, we saw Hillary passing out and fainting uh, on the campaign trail last time. And then there's old Trump that sleeps like two hours a night and lives off of Big Macs and <laughs> is out there doing two, three campaign rallies a day until, you know, one of them was at 12 o'clock at night, not far from me, and there were 30,000 people there at an airplane hangar in Pennsylvania. Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, you know, I don't believe that Trump is behind in any polling. Just um, a few weeks ago, polls said that 60% of Americans liked the way he was handling the coronavirus. Now, his actions and his attacks on reporters, I know, did turn some people off. But we finally got, a, as my friend would say, we finally have a Republican that will stand up to the media and say, you're lying. You're, you're being dishonest. Um, the last press conference, he was asked some bad questions. And uh, he handled the stupid question about how can, or the woman reporter who's trying to make a name for herself asked him, you know, if a president has lost more American lives in six months than we did in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve a second term? 
you're comparing a war to a virus, and then you're blaming the president for the virus, when we all know that in January, the World Health Organization took China's word for it and posted on their Twitter that the coronavirus from this Wuhan was not transmittable from human to human. That's one thing. On, was it January or February 28th? Whenever, when Trump shut down air travel from China, New York City officials, a councilman, the health director, and the mayor all said, hey, everybody go to the parades. Go on about your lives. This isn't that big a deal. Nancy Pelosi was in Chinatown, uh, San Francisco, I think, saying, you know, look, look, I'm out walking around and I'm not, I'm not catching coronavirus. It's fine. Everybody come to Chinatown. And we should not be pre prejudiced against Chinese people living in the United States because the Chinese Communist government lies and does uh, shady, crooked things. You know, it's not their fault their government's that way. In fact, a lot of Chinese people that are knowledgeable and, you know, are informed on the news and things that go on hate their government. Hong Kong wants so badly to be free. <coughs> Taiwan wants its freedom. And the UN will not recognize the Taiwan government. The World Health Organization would not recognize the island state of Taiwan. When Taiwan said, hey, look, we're, we're not letting people from China in to our country and we're doing great with this virus. We're not having a huge outbreak. And the UN wouldn't recognize that. The World Health Organization wouldn't recognize that. But, you know, Biden is in with all these globalists, you know, I hate to say New World Order because that makes me a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not. I'm just saying he's, you know, in with all these other governments that, want to, you know, continue to rip the United States off in trade deals that, you know, want to take our guns. Um, you know, Biden said 150 million Americans have died in gun violence since, ever since uh, Bernie Sanders voted against a gun bill. 150 million, that's half the country. Half the country has not died since then. Um, but, you know, if, if Biden debates Trump, it's going to be a fiasco. Um, and I'm not even sure how the, you know, I always thought there was a presidential debate committee. And I guess there's really not. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've got to look more into it because I've heard different things now. But, you know, they're going to have to stack the deck against Trump. 
they're going to have to have moderators like Rachel Maddow and people from PMS NBC to come out there and argue Biden's points for him and attack Trump, just like they did last election where Trump even pointed out, you know, it's like I'm, it's like three against one. I've got to debate the moderators and I've got to debate Hillary. And so Trump said he wouldn't debate if he didn't feel it was going to be fair. I guess right now the Biden camp is trying to avoid debates because they know Joe will just space out like he did when Hillary was giving her big endorsement butter kiss ass speech. Uh, just like he drifted off while his wife was uh, doing a video and he was standing there just with a blank look on his face. And then at the end, he start, he got like a big grin on his face. Oh my God, it's so sad. You want to feel bad for the guy because he shouldn't be in this position at this age and this stage of his life. He's just not well. Hillary was not well last campaign. Um, if she is well, it's because she's had a long time off to relax. And I mean, she does look healthier now than she did during the campaign. But, you know, if these people can't handle the rigors of a campaign and it's that much stress on them that Biden's saying these irrational things. How could they handle the stress of being president? Same thing, go back four years to Hillary. If she couldn't handle the rigors and the stress of campaigning, how was she going to handle the office? And there's Trump, you know, in his early 70s. Looks younger than that. Um, good makeup, good orange tan, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, eats Big Macs. Looks like he's put on a few pounds. He must really be pounding the pounding away the Big Macs. But uh, is in good health overall. Uh, you know, you, you never heard of him having any health issues. And I've followed him uh, on his reality show. I've followed his life since the 1980s. Uh, when he came on the scene in New York as a real estate mogul. Um, and it's sad to watch all his former friends like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Oprah Winfrey turn against him now um, and call him racist. Well, you know, Oprah, he wasn't racist when he was on your TV show getting you ratings. Uh, he wasn't racist when he was giving more money to historical black colleges than Obama. Uh, he wasn't racist when he was getting, you know, people from Jesse Jackson's organization uh, jobs on Wall Street uh, and promoting women and minorities in his companies. And there have been no credible, valid uh, accusations of sexual assault against him. Yeah, di has he, you know, fooled around with other women? Has he cheated on his wives? I mean, yeah, that's not cool, but two consenting adults can do whatever they want, right? That's what you've told us since Bill Clinton and Monica. Oh, well, you know, that's between him, his family, and God. 
You're not allowed to talk about that. You know, these dumb rednecks with their... Well, I can't make fun of dumb rednecks because a lot of them switch to the Republican side. But, you know, these goofy people you run into at county fairs and all the political things I've done over the years when, you know, I've tried to stand up and defend morality because that's the kind of guy I am. They all say, oh, that's none of your business. You can't talk about that. That's none of your business what goes on in somebody's bedroom. All right, well, if it's true for one side, it's true for the other. Anyways, let's pray for our president. Let's hope we don't have Joe Biden as president. And, uh... Bring light in my stogie. For those on the podcast that are hearing dead air. Anyways, tell me what you think. And uh, God bless you. Let's pray for one another. And we'll see you the next time around, guys. And gals.